0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelsner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Susan Wenigrad, and we're going to explore something in detail that we've never done before, which is Instagram stories ads. Yes, you heard that right. We're going to go really deep into how to create, what they're all about, everything you need to know about Instagram stories ads from someone who has spent millions of dollars focused on Instagram stories ads. I think you're absolutely going to love it. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can find me on Instagram at Stelsner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And one last thing, I know that there's a lot of you, because Apple tells me there is, that listen to this podcast, but have not yet subscribed. So I want to encourage you that you might want to hit that subscribe button, because I've got absolutely incredible content lined up for you, and you do not want to miss it. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. All right, let's transition over to my interview with Susan Winograd. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Susan Winograd. Susan is a Facebook ads expert and speaker. She's the chief marketing officer at AIM Clear, a marketing agency focused on paid search and paid social. Susan, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited to be back.
0: I'm excited to have you back. We're going to talk about something we really haven't spent a whole show on, which is Instagram ads. I think we might've addressed it an occasional episode here and there, but we're just going to go, not just Instagram ads generically, but Instagram story ads, I should clarify. We've definitely not gone down this path. So I know a lot of people listening right now are like all in on Instagram. They understand the big opportunity there, but they may not understand the opportunities with stories, ads on Instagram. Tell us why we ought to pay attention to this.
1: So story ads are really the fastest growing placement that exists on um, Instagram at this point. They're they're trying to make it be a fastest growing one on the Facebook side. It's not really going that well. But uh, Instagram story ads are where we're seeing the biggest growth from a daily user interaction perspective and then also where they're adding ad inventory as well. So from a marketing standpoint, it's exciting. But then also just from an inventory standpoint, it's it's really the first thing I feel like we've seen in a few years that shows promise to be able to start balancing some of that ad load that's been at a premium for the, the past few years.
0: So I think what I'm hearing you say is there's a lot of organic content in Instagram stories, but not as many advertisements. And thus, there's available inventory. Is that what I'm hearing you Correct.
1: say? Correct. Yeah. For the <laughs> for the first time in a while, there's... Uh, there's some inventory there that, you know, it has, has not reached fever pitch levels yet.
0: And that is important for marketers because.
1: Well, first it's cheaper. Um, so you tend to see lower costs on stories, but when done right, that is the key there, which I know you and I will talk about, but when done right, we actually see them perform much better than feed ads at this point. Hmm. So there's, it's kind of a two-part mechanism. It's like a, there's the inventory piece, which Is only halfway exciting because Facebook has a lot of inventory technically that no one necessarily wants. But the second half of it is that it's inventory that works very well.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you think about the organic Instagram story, it takes over the entire screen, right? Yep. It's not competing with anything above or below it. It is an immersive kind of experience. And people do oftentimes just let their stories play through, right? They just literally start watching stories from all their friends. And before you know it, there's an ad break. And that's the opportunity I think I'm hearing you say, right? Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And and when the ads are done right, they'll blend right in. So it's not something that's going to feel as jarring where, you know, sometimes when you're scrolling through a feed, you can just tell when it's an ad. It just, it seems very obvious that it's an advertisement. Um, And on stories, it, it's interesting because when you watch the stream of them and they start to rotate through, it almost takes you like three seconds just to kind of figure out what you're looking at because it changes so quickly. Um, so there's a little bit more time there to kind of establish what's going on from a user perspective as opposed to a feed where it's not necessarily auto playing. They could just scroll right through it because they know right away what it is based on the profile name that pops up. So there, there's several you know opportunities around just the, the difference in the user experience as well.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's walk through kind of what a Instagram stories ad, how it's different than a regular feed ad, like, like break down all the things that make it, what does it uniquely have? And maybe what is Mm -hmm. it, what is it lacking?
1: Yeah. So, um, and I think it's really important to note these differences because this tends to be where we see the biggest problem is that, um, we are so conditioned for the creative types that exist in feed ads because it's what we've had forever. So, with story ads, when you're looking at stories and when the ad pops up, it's a full screen experience. So it's not a kind of, you know, I know a lot about movies, so letterbox right. <laughs> sized 16 video. 16 by
0: 9, exactly.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, it, it stretches out to the full screen and it's vertically focused as opposed to being, you know, landscape slash horizontally focused. So it's a full screen experience. And there's no distractions around it, which, as you noted, is very different from the feed experience. So it's nice because you have a captive audience. There's captive attention. Part of the challenge with them is that if you use that full screen experience, you don't have body copy in the way that you're used to, like description copy or ad copy, in the way that you're used to in a feed. Because normally you have the the visual and then you have the typed out text. That you can then expand to read more not the case with a story so there's limited real estate which can be a good or a bad thing but it's kind of getting into that area of we need to stop thinking about it as here's our image and here's our copy and with stories, you have to start thinking about how do these things operate as a cohesive creative unit. So it's a different thought process than it is with something like a feed ad. Um, and that's usually where I see the biggest challenge. It's it's one of those things where it's a checkbox that you just check off and say, yeah, I want to r- run this in Instagram stories. But the creative experience is so different. Um, it just feels like it does it a disservice to just check a box <laughs> because it really doesn't translate feed creative very well uh, for that very, for that reason. I mean, it's just, a it's different. Um, it's, it's full screen. You can add things like polls. There's all these different things you can do that you don't do in a feed ad. So it's a very, very different brand experience. Um, and to your point, you know, we find that the user experience, they don't tend to flip by it as quickly because it's just this immersive thing where they're not being distracted by other pieces hmm. shouting out at them to, to scroll through.
0: So instead of it being 16 by nine, I think it's nine by 16, isn't it? It's like that yes. flipped on its side, right? Yes.
1: It's flipped on its side and you can crop it different ways. Like, I mean, technically you can crop it to be, you know, a one-to-one or anything like that. But if you want to do it as, you know, I want this whole image or this whole video to take up this whole screen, then that's what it's going to look like.
0: I think the easiest way to to think of this is the good old fashioned display ads on Google, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, <laughs> except it's not just, static necessarily, right? Correct. Yep. So if we think of display ads, as you know, I mean, you used to live in that world, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just knowing the format and the size and utilizing the real estate, right?
1: Yep, exactly. It's like a tower. What did they call
0: that long vertical one? It was like a tower or something. Wasn't that what it was called?
1: Well, there was the the skyscrapers. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and then the skyscrapers became wider. So it used to be they were very thin. Yeah. when um, you had the one sixty by six hundreds and then they got thicker and thicker. And now I gosh, there's
0: so many. So it's different... like a thick skyscraper.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like a, a quad skyscraper.
0: <laughs> so um, let's talk about a couple things before we move along about the 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 how long is it on the screen for?
1: So you have fifteen seconds with a story. Um, which is, that's kind of the other piece that's interesting is that it's longer than the average watch time for an ad. So we're still seeing if you run a video, uh, in, in the feed, usually the average watch time is about eight seconds if you're doing well. Hmm. Um, and so it's, it's 15 in stories and you don't get as much insight, but It it seems that when you look at the video watch times for it, people are watching pretty much the whole thing. So it's a more engaging placement, at least right now. I mean, that might change as there's more ads. But for right now, people seem fairly engaged in it compared to what we see in the feed.
0: Now, I've heard you can string three of them together in a carousel. Is that true?
1: You can, yes. So it looks um, a little more organic-like, which actually can work in your favor. So when someone posts an organic story, there's the status bar that runs at the top. And it's a little white bar, and it's divided up by how many clips have been added to the story. So it gives you that sense of how much longer is left to what you're watching and or how long each segment is. So if you open up someone's story and there's eight segments, you see like eight you know little bars running across the top, you might only be interested in two or three of them. So you can swipe through without completely leaving that person's whole story. It'll just swipe through the parts of it. So with the... Story ads, it kind of does the same thing where you'll see those progress bars at the top. So you have an idea of, oh, it's going to go through three different segments, or it's just one long long segment. You have an idea of what it is you're looking at and how long it's going to last.
0: Is the audio automatically unmuted if the stories are unmuted in the first place?
1: If the stories are unmuted, oh gosh, as I recall, they should be unmuted.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I can't remember ever seeing stories not mute, not unmuted. You know, yeah. I think as long you, as
1: you're watching them, yeah. they just pop up like a regular story.
0: That's an advantage because that's not necessarily the case in the Instagram feed, right? Because if someone yes. has muted a video, then those ads will also have no audio on them at all. Yes, right.
1: Yes, yeah, and and that's where it's we found sometimes too because of that we don't have to use the real estate so much for subtitles sometimes. Mm. Um, if if the story tells. I, I use story kind of as a double entendre there, but <laughs> if the story is told in the Instagram story in a clear way, we're finding you know it became that we just do uh, the subtitles as kind of a you know best practice on feed now because most people don't have the sound on. So that's another thing that's a, a little bit of a different creative consideration from the story perspective is that you're more likely to have sound playing. So the music you pick matters. The things that the people say matters a lot more.
0: What about a call to action? Is there like, isn't there a call to action in the Instagram ad that's not in the stories ad or how does that work exactly?
1: Yeah. So typically when you're running a feed ad, you have that little button that appears. Um, And so on Instagram, it shows up as like a colored strip along the bottom where it's like shop now or learn more or whatever the call to action is. When you're in a story, it's going to be a swipe up. So it's very different in that you're not just clicking on something. Like if you just touch the screen, it's probably going to try and move you through the story. There's a call to action at the bottom, and it's like a, it almost looks like a little bracket sign, and it says swipe up. So that essentially acts as your click through on an ad. So when you run it as an ad, if you click, if you know the person swipes up, it's going to deliver whatever it would if it was just a destination URL within the ad. So it, it acts as as the click through.
0: So there's only one call to action, and it's swipe up, and it's there whether you have it. In your creative or not? Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Yes. So it'll put it there by default. Um, the only other call to action that can exist, and I don't know if you if it's technically a call to action, but you can run polls in your story ads now. So that is the other way to interact: is that you can put in poll questions, you can put in two answers, and people can answer there. But from a you know a call to action perspective of leaving the ad to go do something, it's going to be the swipe up.
0: Got it. Do you know if you can do the, there's another sticker that allows you to ask a single question and then people can respond. I can't remember what the heck it's called, but it's the not, for the polls. Well, is poll yes or no? Only, only two options. No, no, but, no. You, you oh. can
1: actually specify the two answers that you want to show.
0: Right. But I guess what I'm saying is there's another sticker organically that allows you to let someone answer or ask a question. And I can't remember mm. what that is called.
1: I didn't know about the question ask. Yeah.
0: And then you, they show all the, like I asked a question, like, what do you want to know about blank? And then people answer the question and you get those showing up on in, in, oh. um,
1: can you tell them that was much of an organic user?
0: Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. If, I don't know if it's an ads <laughs> or not. So, okay. So so far what we're learning is it takes up the whole screen. The call to action button is at the bottom. The audio is unmuted and it appears where in between only in between organic stories, is that correct?
1: Yes, they're sandwiched in between stories. And so I believe, I want to say it was like August or September, they did start beta testing showing more than one ad back to back. So that's been the next thing they're doing, which is always a telltale sign that they, <laughs> they want to open up inventory. Right. So it's not every time. And most of the people that I've spoken to, at least, you know, they're not scientifically looking at it. They don't recall seeing more than one ad at a time based on on recall. I'm sure some of them probably have, which actually speaks kind of well to the the experience because it means it's not, it doesn't feel overly interruptive to them, but they're starting to to do more than just one. So it used to be, you know, you'd get one ad. Um, I don't know what the ratio is like, but you'd at least see an organic story, then an ad, then an organic story, but they're starting to test kind of where the the boundary is on that for
0: users. Okay, let's say we have a Facebook ads account and we have mm-hmm. a Facebook business page. But we have a personal profile on Instagram. Do we have to convert that to a business profile on Instagram in order to do these ads?
1: You will.
0: Okay. Good to know. Good question. <laughs> good, yeah. Good to know. So, you throwing
1: some curveballs at me that I haven't yeah, had to think about in yeah, a long I mean, time.
0: Because <laughs> there's a lot of people that have followings that they've built up over the years and they're still using the personal, not the business version of their Instagram, you know, uh, on their profiles. So they would have to.
1: It seems like there's no there's no downside to I mean, That's what everybody's
0: I, I, saying. It's just yeah, some I mean, people again, have just never done it. I'm not, I'm not an
1: influencer. It. So, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I'm. I'm terrible when it, when it comes to organic stuff, because cool. I'm, I'm so busy running ads, but
0: um, now, the I, swipe up, I, from, you don't have to have 10,000 followers. If no, you do an, not ad, for an ad, if you do an ad and that's the key, Correct. right? So if you do the ad and the targeting capabilities, can you target people who are actually watching your stories? I would imagine you can, right?
1: So all the targeting is going to be the same as what you have in Facebook. They have not broken out separate things specifically for stories yet. It's just lumped under the Instagram umbrella. So for example, if you say, I want to retarget people that have interacted with my Instagram posts, it's going to include everything. Um, It it hasn't broken out stories as its own Mm -hmm. asset placement yet, but I think they're going to in the next couple of years. I think a big part of it is they just didn't have enough inventory, but at the rate they're growing, I think it's going to be able to be a standalone thing that you can target.
0: I don't see why not. I mean, last I heard there was a half a billion people watching stories every day. You, yeah. would, think, you would think that they would want to make that a targetable audience. because.
1: Yeah, I think they will. I mean, there, there's a lot of insights that I think a lot of us wish we had. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's just, just a lot of things that we can't necessarily see about stories that we'd like to. Um, and I think they'll get there. I think probably part of it is they, they didn't really plan for it right. <laughs> to be what it is just yet. Um, Cause they didn't even invent stories. Snapchat did. So they, they just kind of jumped on that bandwagon and then just did it in a way that I guess was more appealing to users. Um, so I think they're probably still working through that. And I think the other part of it too, is, you know, I don't know anything about the tech and how their hi- hierarchy exists, but it's considered just a subset of a placement of Instagram. Yeah, Um, I wanted to ask: Does
0: that make should we? It sounds like you're about to advocate. Don't just do all placements when it comes to this, right? Because this is not going to necessarily. You need to do something special for this, am I, I right? Yeah,
1: I tend to not. So it's funny. A lot of the the talking I've been doing at conferences and stuff, especially the past six months, has been on Instagram stories, and we've spent millions of dollars on Instagram stories. And one of the things that we find is that when you have it as just a placement that you check. It's very sporadic in how it chooses to spend the money there. And I'm sure it does it because of inventory limitations, but we'll have accounts where it's like we'll have consistent months where the you know, purchases or leads are very high and the costs are low, but it, it's just very erratic month to month. Um, and so typically what we wind up doing is is putting it in its own, you know, placement ad set that we can control mostly because then we have control over how much budget goes to it. Um, because once we figure out the creative that's working, you can't scale it when it's lumped in as another placement because Facebook and Instagram just automatically put most of the spend towards the feeds. So whenever they're (laughs) like campaign budget optimization, uh, also known as CBO, like let us choose where your, your dollars go. They're never going to weight the most amount of your money towards stories yet. Well, so and how, that, how do they even the know which creative attractive. to
0: put to the story, right? Because if they put the wrong creative, everything goes backwards, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, but it's what the thing is though, even when we find the creative that works, like when we've had the placement lumped in with others, when it's doing great, it still doesn't reliably allocate more money there. <laughs> it still kind of just puts it towards the feet. And that that's where we started to get frustrated and we're like, forget it. We're just going to start breaking these into their own placements and they get their own assigned budget. Um, so that we can control and just make sure we're maxing out the inventory there.
0: And their own creative, obviously, right? Because yes. it's a very different yeah. creative. Well, let's get into the creative side of creating a Instagram story ad, because obviously you've mm-hmm. you you you've alluded that you have spent a lot of money creating these ads and you kind of know what works and what doesn't work. So for those that are sold on wanting to get into this available inventory, more economical option with Instagram story ads, well, actually, before we go there, is there any downside to using Instagram story ads at all?
1: Honestly, there's not. I mean, the, the main thing that you'll find is, and I think this is just going to become par for the course in the coming years with social platforms, is it's it's just one more piece of creative you have to consider. Right. So when you do product photography, when you do videos of anything, you have to consider the implications of running it as a story. Right. And that's a learned habit. You know, we, we've had to train our clients, you know, we'll we'll get assets and they're always the 16 by nine. And we're like, okay, guys. <laughs> so now we need, we're, so we're having to like, you know, retrain everyone's brains to think about this is going to be a full screen experience. If you cut off the sides, what does it look like? You know, how are we going to integrate text into this? Because you don't have the text constraints that you do in feed either. So if you want to have text all over it, you can.
0: Oh, that's um, really good so, to know. So what I'm hearing you say, yeah. really important, the 20% rule doesn't seem to apply to Instagram story ads. Is that what I'm hearing you not say? So
1: far, no. so um, cool. Not so far. No, not so far. Yeah, People it's are great. Like, yes, so it's, somebody just but said it's also yes. kind of like this this whole new thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where you're like, oh, we can do that again. Cool. (laughs)
0: All right. Yeah. So I get it. So the downside is you're going to have to put some more effort into creating, right? So that's the downside of it. So let's talk about the best practices. How do we create a really good Instagram story ad?
1: So I will tell you, it was extraordinarily painful (laughs) for me to learn because unlike what they have with some of their other placements, there were no templates. So you kind of have to take what you had and you could crop the picture, you could kind of add some stuff. But by and large, if you wanted something that looked like a native story, you would have to create it in your Facebook profile and download it. So that was really, I mean, it was the oddest thing because you're going, this is like the most powerful ad unit they have, and they give you no tools to do it. They finally rolled out templates, thankfully. Um, They rolled them out a few months ago. They are surprisingly good. Um, They actually work pretty well. My main challenge with them um, is that you can't use them if you run Instagram story ads as its own placement. It has to be bundled with other stuff for those templates to show up as an option.
0: Oh, okay. So explain that for those that aren't super savvy. What does that mean? Absolutely.
1: So... When we were just talking about, you know, we're going to run this ad set and we're going to check off the placements we want. Yep. If you run Instagram story ads bundled into those placements, when you make the creative, there's now that drop down they added that it's like here's my creative, but I want to specify different creative for this placement. Mm-hmm. So you can say this creative's fine for stories, I want you to do this, and you essentially set it up as a different creative. If it's bundled in running with other placements, those templates will show up as an option for you. However, if you say, my stories are killing it, I want to branch off on my own so I can maximize budget and manage it separately. The second you run an ad set and uncheck everything except for Instagram stories, when you go to make a creative, those templates are not an option anymore. Lame. It is so annoying. (laughs) So like, so I let's want to use your tool. So
0: let's talk about how to create an ad. You, you kind of yep. hinted, you know, organically, you know, mm-hmm. and then turn it into an ad. Let, let's talk about that because it sounds like that's the best option still currently for most situations, right?
1: Yes. And it's it's kind of funny like I I've had you know, friends that I've gotten started on Instagram stories and they say the thing that's so weird is that we have to create them like they're organic and basically email them to ourselves. (laughs) So we have a video file to upload. Mm. Um, So there's two apps that I usually recommend if you're going to run stories. Um, They're owned by Instagram. They're just additional features that you can download to your phone. One is called Hyperlapse. And that's the one where you can record something and it'll show it at like 4X, 6X, 8X its time. So it zooms through whatever you're showing. And so, then, so visualize um, the, a car
0: moving down the street kind of thing, right? And exactly. Just, okay, yeah. And
1: it. it'll record it in real time. And then you can actually kind of slide it back and forth to figure out how fast you want it to go. Okay. Um, so the time lapse thing works really well. And then the other one that works great is Boomerang. And so with Boomerang, that's when you record something. I I don't remember how many seconds it winds up it's being. It's not but very it, it, many.
0: It's a couple, I think. Or... Yeah,
1: it's like three to five seconds. Yeah. And it just plays it on a loop back and forth. Right. So both of those video types do really well. Um, they're very eye-catching. They focus on what it is you want the user to see. So those two do really well. And they play nicely with Instagram because they are... You know, those two apps in particular, there's a million apps you could do it with, but those two are actually owned by Instagram, but it's literally at the point where it's like, if we want to run a boomerang, it's like, we record it with the phone, then we have the file on our phone and we have to email it to ourself.
0: <laughs> I'd imagine you could airdrop it too, if you're on a Mac or whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, it's not something where you can just be like, Hey, this is what I want and then just upload it to an interface that magically turns it into an ad. So there's kind of like some junky extra steps you have to do, but it's worth it. Like I I will tell you, it's totally worth it. But you saving it as a
0: draft or are you actually publishing it?
1: So what I do is I will usually email the file to myself. And then what I will do is I will go to create a story on my phone. But right before, like when you're done with your story, there's that option for who you share it with. There's a button to just download it. So you Mm -hmm. can create an entire story for a brand and have it never actually show on a profile. But it'll give you all of the same like text options, all the stickers you'd normally get, everything you'd get if you made a regular story ad will be available to you. It's just you download it before you actually publish it.
0: So it doesn't lose the functions, for example, with the polls and stuff like that. It just somehow knows to make that poll active when you upload it. So
1: the poll you'd actually set up in the ad unit. Um, So if you decide you want to run a poll, and this is something you'd have to account for in the creative itself. So if you know you're going to run a poll, whatever you shoot, make sure it's going to you know, look okay when you overlay a poll, but the poll just acts kind of like a, a an overlay. So there's a box you can check when you make a creative that says, I want to run an interactive poll. And when you check it, it'll ask you to input the text you want to have, and then it will just automatically overlay it for you.
0: Now, are you simply creating just the videos in the Instagram story and you're composing text and gifs and stuff in the ads manager or are you doing everything in the Instagram story and then just exporting it as a video or still image
1: the latter so I prefer to do everything in the native story functionality and then just download the whole story file as one it it exports it as one video file and it'll have everything on it that you used
0: so assuming that the bottom is going to get cropped off for the call Mm -hmm. to action like how much do we need to like be careful on that very, is it the little blue line that they show organically where we want to go there and it's below that blue line where the call, do you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's around that area. Um, it's not, it's nothing as big as like a third. I mean, it's, and the thing is too, is it's not, it doesn't get cropped off. It's just like a little symbol that says swipe up. So they don't Ah. necessarily crop it. It's just an overlay that says to swipe up. So I just kind of keep in mind where it is. It doesn't really matter if there's, there's video behind it. I just make sure there's nothing important playing behind it.
0: Do you recommend using animated GIFs inside just to kind of stop people because there's some really interesting... And can you even do that? Is there any kind of issues with putting those in the ads?
1: I haven't gotten any pushback on ads when we've used them. Okay, um, cool. And everybody that knows me knows, especially on Twitter, I like half my life, I communicate in animated GIFs. Cool. <laughs> it's like half my vocabulary. <laughs> um, so... I try and take advantage of anything that's as native as possible as to what people are usually going to see. Um, and that's the other thing that helps with the ad watch time is that the more you can use those native things, I mean, you'll, you'll see stories where, you know, they'll use a third party platform and put in all these great looking fonts and stuff. And it looks beautiful, but it doesn't feel like a story.
0: Uh, so you should
1: because users are like, that's use not those fonts. A story. <laughs> so yeah. you want
0: to use the font sets that they're familiar with. So it looks like it's yes. part of the platform, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Everyone kind of knows there's like, you know, five, I think there's like five or six, you know, typical fonts that people use. So when it's something different, some users aren't savvy enough yet, but I know for me, especially being an ad person, when I see them, I'm like, yeah, that's not a native font. (laughs) Like I just kind of know right away, this is probably an ad before I even look at the the profile that it came from. So that's the other thing is just, I I think it's hard because brands always want to look beautiful and be distinctive and there's nothing wrong with that. But stories is in such its infancy right now that when you use things that don't look normal, it's very noticeable because it's not commonplace yet.
0: Can you take a story that you've already published and turn it into an ad?
1: Uh, if you want to download it, you can. Um, the challenge is that stories, organic stories go away after 24 hours unless you save them as a highlight.
0: So you can't um, boost it like you can on Facebook is what I'm, I yeah, guess what you'd, I'm saying. Yeah, you'd
1: have to download it and then you'd have to re-upload it kind of in the, the junky way that I told you. Right. So you'd have to basically save it as a as a separate video file and then run it yourself.
0: Tagging people, tagging brands, mm-hmm. hashtags, or are those, I guess that functionality would not work in an ad. Is that correct?
1: It won't read it because it's going to see it like an image Got it. Um, for if you run it, um, you know, it's not to say that there isn't text in stories. There can be, but it, you have to cut down your image, essentially. So, like, if I run a video or an image that I specifically make the dimensions to take up the entire screen, you'll still see when you make the creative in the interface, there's a space to put body copy. It's just that it won't show up anywhere because it, it knows that you've taken the whole space up with an image. If you do something like a one by one image that doesn't take up the entire screen, there's area at the bottom where if you do type in something short into the body copy, it will populate it there as text. So if you're, if you're going to tag people, or if you want someone to see, you know, see your ad, or if you want to tag or hashtag or anything like that, then you may not want to do the full screen experience because you're going to want to utilize that text area.
0: Okay. So you can add this text in including hashtags and tags when you're preparing the final ad. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Yes. You have to cut down the dimensions though. So it's not going to show it. If you use that entire vertical space for an image or a video, it's not going to show any text below it because it knows it kind of treats that as the hierarchy of like the visual is going to be the main thing. So Mm -hmm. if it takes up the whole screen, it kind of just defers to that. If you cut it down to like a one by one, there will be space at, you know, just that's just kind of empty space and you can pick colors and stuff like that. So it it blends with your video, but there'll be some space below where some text will form for whatever you want to put in. The challenge is it's, it's still not going to be the character counts you're used to, uh, in, in a regular feed because it's a large font. So it will just cut it off and truncate it. So if you do decide to use that space, you're going to want to just keep a close eye on the ad preview to see how much of it it's actually showing.
0: So I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's going to probably take whatever your creative is and center it vertically on the screen and then yep. put like color bars on the top and the bottom and depending it, on...
1: Yeah, it, it kind of um, pushes it towards the top. It does. So okay. yeah, so there's still color that appears above it to help it kind of blend in, but the text that you put in is going to appear all below it.
0: Do you have the option to control what that color is or is it automatically yes. sampled? Okay.
1: You do actually. Yeah, you can pick you can pick different colors for it.
0: Got it. Do you recommend... Let's just talk text in general. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you recommend putting text and visuals on the screen? I would imagine you'd almost have to, right?
1: So what I encourage people to do is whatever, again, it's kind of different because people are very conditioned to having like a hundred and something characters to put in, but you, you sort of have to think of stories as like a TV commercial. So you can have text, there's nothing wrong with it, but you don't want to be telling your story word for word with it. And the challenge is if you decide to use text in the body, so like, let's say you look at it and say, all right, I'm going to have it, you know, crop my video so that it's a one by one, and then I'll have this space underneath. It's only going to fit in, I don't even, I, I, I'm not sure at which point it, it cuts off, but I mean, it can't be more than like 25 to 30 characters, So me personally, I don't like to use that space. It's ugly. It makes the, um, the image in the video, it makes it smaller because it's squishing it at the top and it's cutting it off. So this is where it becomes a a true skill set to figure out, you know, if we want to run a full vertical video, what are we going to have in there as text that drives home the points that we care about? So it becomes a lot more like a TV screen as opposed to something that's just a feed ad.
0: So I would imagine if you uploaded something that's five by four, not one by one, right? That's slightly Mm -hmm. taller. It would give you a little bit like, I mean, I would imagine it's just experiment with it to see if that, that text space, but, but it sounds like what I'm really hearing you saying is you're better off composing your text organically and just making it look nice and beautiful and, um, and not using the text functionality and cropping your image inside the ads manager. Right.
1: Typically, yeah. I mean, there are times where the cropping can work depending on um, what assets you've been given. So, if someone shot a video and it wasn't shot for stories, sometimes the cropping works in your favor because if it's just a really long, far away shot, the cropping gets rid of all the noise around it, and so the user can actually focus on what you want them to focus on better. Got it. So, you know, from a creative perspective, there are times where the cropping can work well as far as a focus is is concerned from a, a visual, you know, perspective, but. If you have the choice to just have a video that's shot correctly and cropped correctly for that placement, that's always going to be my preference.
0: Now, do you recommend, I know you talked about like the different kinds of creative video that could stop someone's attention, like the boomerang Mm -hmm. and the other one, I forget you, you call it whatever. uh, A hyperlapse. Yeah. Hyperlapse. Do you Mm -hmm. recommend maybe combining that with a second still image so that um, you've got a little bit of a carousel and maybe that still image could have a little bit more text that could allow the first video to maybe have some text that they could read. I don't know. And what are your thoughts on that? Like combining video Typically, and still.
1: what we do is from a, a cold audience perspective, we like to run the full vertical screen because it's so immersive. So
0: our know, goal I'm there still with is you guess- on that, but I'm just wondering whether we do video still, still, or mm-hmm. video, 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 you know what I mean? I'm just talking about creative uses of the carousel.
1: Typically we stick with statics in the carousel and then video is standalone for stories. Mm, um, okay. And I think part of it's just from a user perspective like I mentioned, it seems to take a few seconds for users to understand what they're looking at at first. Mm-hmm. So if if you start with something like you kind of have to assume the first two to three seconds they're not going to really absorb what's happening just yet because again it's not like a feed where they can look at it and then they start watching it it just starts playing. So there's kind of this adjustment period of a couple seconds for people to figure out what they're looking at, what's happening in the video. Um, so. Me personally, I try to keep that as uninterrupted as possible, Um, because if if it plays for three to five seconds and it switches to the next thing, it's not giving the user enough time to, to comprehend what they're looking at.
0: When you do do videos, are you mostly just doing with music and text or you actually have talking heads or, you know, we have what- talked,
1: we've we tried everything. Um, and some of it really depends on, um, what the, the product is that's being sold. So if it's something that's, you know, going to be visual, visually stunning, then it's less talking heads and more of the product and music and, um, you know, maybe overlaying it with some reviews that are written. If it's something that's, you know, kind of more of a commodity product where people know what it is, but the differentiating factor is happy users, then we focus more on talking heads. So it kind of goes back to some of the same stuff we would do in the feed, just depending on what it is we're selling.
0: How about testimonials? Um, Does that stuff work in in these kinds of stories?
1: Testimonials do great. Um, And they especially do well if you could cut together a video that kind of rapid fires through a lot of them. Mm. Um, You know, I I usually say, I mean, you, you can run the full 15 second one if you want, but it's not as compelling as, you know, flipping through like 10, you know, second and a half. Uh, just rapid
0: fire stuff? Okay, Yeah,
1: of people just like smiling or giving a thumbs up and holding the product. Because you can flip through those and then just do a text overlay of like five stars or just call out the things that people loved. Um, and it doesn't have to switch as quickly as the pictures do. That's kind of where the, the video editing prowess. If you can take the time to do it and just, you know, spend 20 minutes cutting the stuff together, um, it can make a big, big difference.
0: Do they provide any, any unique analytics for the ads in stories that are different than all the other ads?
1: So they don't yet. Um, I do know that there is an Instagram analytics beta tool. I don't have access to it. I know it's being tested right now um, and they're kind of ramping it up. So my guess is they will have that once that rolls out.
0: Any tips on how to like get your message across in only 15 seconds, because that's (laughs) got to be the challenge, right?
1: Well, we have to do it in like less than eight now because the (laughs) average watch time on feed is eight seconds or less. Um, I mean, the main thing is it's pretty much the same advice you're going to have in the feed. It's just the main thing is, you know, you you want something that's going to be visually stunning. So people want to stop and see it. The main thing is you have to figure out how to condense down your selling point into something that is like maybe two lines of copy. Mm. Um, Because when you think about a 15 second experience, no one wants to read a paragraph, right? So it's like whatever flashes across the screen has to be something they can scan and instantly understand. Um, And it's hard because understandably, most brands want to tell their users everything. (laughs) Like I've got 15 seconds to tell them everything about how great we are and why they should, you know, buy our product or sign up for this or that. Um, And so, you know, it, it forces you to get really honest with yourself about like, if, if we've got 15 seconds and they're going to scan like two to maybe three points, what are those things going to be?
0: Have you seen any really creative applications of this? Like I can imagine if you can do this, right. You can take three 15 second videos and you could make a 45 second video if it was really good. Right.
1: It would still, it still needs to be 15 seconds total.
0: Oh, really? You can't? So, yeah. Oh, so if you do the carousel, it has to be.
1: It's going to cut through them.
0: Oh, it's, on, so it's a pre,
1: on a predetermined timeline. So it's
0: so it's it, the ad is never going to be longer than 15 seconds or it's not be, right now. No. Oh, got it. OK, yeah. so what if you had a really OK, then here's another idea. What mm-hmm. if you had a really cool story and you had a cliffhanger and then you swiped up to see the rest of it? You know, have you ever seen? Anything oh, like absolutely.
1: That? Yeah, the, I, I've seen a lot of interesting things like that where, you know, they'll, they'll create like a video series. So, you know, it'll be the first video and then people can swipe up. Maybe if it's a case study, read the rest of the case study. But then because it's a video, they can put them into a retargeting audience. So they know if they watched 100% of video A, now we're going to serve them video B. So you can still do some of the video funnel stuff that you and I have discussed before, Um, it's just, this is the other reason why it's like, I like having people just separate it out into stories because I feel like I have a lot more control (laughs) over which audiences where, but if you want to set up video funnels, technically you could do it that way. Um, the other thing I've seen people make really good use of are the polls. So I've seen a lot of fashion brands, um, especially the ones that are not print on demand, but it's kind of like, you know, they, they have a new line every quarter or every season they've done a really ingenious job of creating polls to make users be involved in the brand decisions that are made. So they might show a split screen of like, these are the two shirts that we have samples of that we're thinking of making, which one would you buy if we put them out tomorrow? And the users can vote.
0: So um, do they get categorized based on how they vote?
1: You can't yet. That's something we hope that they'll do. Um, mm-hmm. What's interesting though, is that you can, as an advertiser, you can see the results of those Surveys. So it can still make an interesting follow up where if you want to remarket to people, you know, anybody that engaged with your ads, once the shirt that was picked in this example is live, it, it's pretty compelling pieces of copy to say or, you know, even creative to say, you know, you guys voted and we listened. Here's here was the winning shirt and it's now up for sale.
0: Can you message people? Does it tell you exactly who clicked on yes and no or whatever? Or
1: No, it just shows you the proportion. So it'll, it'll tell you the total number of votes that you got and then how they broke out among the two answers.
0: What about linking to IGTV? Like, Let's say you wanted to promote one of your IGTV videos, which happens to also be vertical. Can you create a story ad and then have the swipe up go to the entire IGTV video?
1: As far as I know... No, because you have to have a specific URL. And I don't, IGTV doesn't give you a, an external URL, do they? They do. They do. Yes, yes. You can
0: log in on the desktop and you can click on your profile and click on IGTV and then you'll get a URL for the video.
1: Well, then don't listen to me. Maybe you can.
0: Yeah, I think you can. And I think if if your goal is just to get people watching some of your longer form video, that might be a creative strategy, right? Um, yeah,
1: that would be odd. I didn't realize that. See, yeah, I've I'm heard, nearly why po- i why like I being in your podcast. I learned things from yeah. you.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm almost 100% certain that you can do that because you can watch IGTV on the desktop. Therefore, you have to have a URL oh, for Oh, yeah,
1: it. you make a point. I yeah. never thought about that. I bet you could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other
1: thing that would be interesting is… Hmm wow, now you're giving me all these ideas. I'm going to have to think through stuff and email you later.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just I, I just, I just think you like, do, <laughs> you know, there is something to getting people to watch the longer form video already on the platform, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know whether you can target people who watch IGTV as a placement. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised and if that's coming.
1: It it will. Um, they just started doing it for Facebook watch, where they kind of lumped it in, which, I mean, no one cares because nobody watches Facebook Watch right. <laughs> yet. Um, but I, I know they've started doing that. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that becomes a separate placement at some point. I, I think IGTV and Stories are going to be the two places that are going to become kind of the next big place for them to have ad ad placement.
0: Well, Susan, we have spent a lot of time talking about a million different things that you can do with Instagram <laughs> ads. And I asked you like a hundred questions probably <laughs> I want you to tell people if they want to discover more about you and your agency or whatever, you know, where do you want to send them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm on Twitter all the time. So uh, always happy to answer questions. I actually get a lot of messages from folks that listen to your podcast there. And it's always fun to just kind of hear their experience with stuff. So I'm on there at Susan E Dub. You can read up on the agency I'm with at Aim clear. That's a I M C L E A R.com.
0: And by the way, if there was anything that we mentioned and you just did not catch it, we take all the notes, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 387. New to the podcast, hit the subscribe button. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.